Hey, and welcome back to the Who Should I Be Talking To podcast. This is your host, Jason Price, and today's guest is the follow-up from Sarah McClellan. And uh, it's it's a great guest. This guy is awesome. He uh, came here from London, became a can, uh, Canadian citizen not too long ago. It's his first year as an actual Canadian. His name is James Mullinger, and he is one of the busiest people in the Maritimes, I think. He's got a, a brand new book called Brit Happens, or Living the Canadian Dream. It's outstanding. You need to go pick up this book. It's, uh, uh, it's going to make you laugh. It's going to make you think. It's going to make you happy, sad, uh, maybe even angry at some things. But um, not. It's, he's funny, man. Just, just get the book. He's also got a podcast, Mullinger Meets Canadians, where he goes around and talks to different Canadians. Um, and he has his own company, and we never even really got into this in the podcast, but he's got a magazine that shouts out upcoming things. Um, he has a history as a journalist with GQ magazine in uh, London, and his magazine is called The Maritime Edit. So... I, let's just get into it. We only had about an hour to, to get this one in, so it's a, a little shorter than the, than normal. But hey, it was uh, so awesome to talk to him. So uh, without further ado, one of the funniest guys in the Maritimes, Mr. James Mullinger. Over who I Hey, welcome back to the Who Should I Be Talking To podcast, and I am sitting here with fellow Canadian, uh, comedian James Mullinger. How are we doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be here, my friend. <laughs> it's, a, it's a blast. Uh, we had a little chat offline about yeah. uh, getting this whole thing going, and uh, it's been amazing. So uh, uh, always the first question that I always ask everybody is, uh, how do you know the last guest? So the last one was Sarah. Yes, and, and you, yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I I love Sarah to bits, and as proven by the fact that uh, that she's brought us together, and this yes. is uh, one of her many amazing qualities. I think is that she brings uh, like-minded people together. Yeah. Um. In in so many different ways, and um, I've met Sarah through um, Podstarter, which is obviously the company that she works with and for. And uh, I knew Reese and John because they produce uh, my podcast, Mullinger Meets Canadians. And um, and obviously, once uh, Sarah and I started working together, my first uh, knowledge of her was that she was an incredible producer yeah. and uh, and and you know introducer of people. Then I learned she was a comedian. So then yes. I was, of course, intrigued uh, to see her. And it's always one of those things when you meet another uh, comedian who you already really like you're like please god let them be good <laughs> yeah. uh don't yeah, don't, right. don't back me into a corner where i'm gonna yeah. have to have to lie or pretend and then i was uh, extremely lucky enough to get to work with sarah at yuck yucks in halifax a couple yeah. of months ago and she was absolutely amazing and i'd heard from mutual friends whose opinions i massively respect that she was good but um uh, to then see her absolutely tear the stage up, be smart, witty, c- kind, clever, filthy—all of these things at once—was <laughs> uh, was was just wonderful. And then yeah. I was just with her actually at the weekend. We did um, I did a book reading and, and signing and a live interview at the Halifax Central Library, which is That's like right. probably one of apart from Fogo Island Inn, probably the greatest architectural marvel in all of Atlantic Canada. And uh, so, yeah, we spent Saturday night together. So that's how I know her when she uh, introduced me to you. And, of course, I, I, you know, I mean, I'm so impressed by your CV. Again, I mean, oh. you, you, you are the um, epitome of what I love so much about Atlantic Canadians. And, oh. and, and, and you know, in the, like, you know, like, like you know, extremely um, renowned, you know, hockey trainer, but also amazing musician, also podcast host, and, and probably a dozen other things that I'm excited to learn about <laughs> over the next hour. Because that's what we, we do as time is we do a bit of everything. Yeah, we get down that trail. Eh? <laughs> There's so much you just said I want to explore. That's funny. Oh, okay. Go on, <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, well, number one, you you did that. Uh, thank you first for, oh, you know, yeah. obviously looked into some of the stuff I'm doing too. So that's awesome. Thank <laughs> yes. you very much. Yeah. But on um, 
you're, you've got a book, Brit Happens, and yes. you were you were at the Halifax Public Library. I was actually in Miramichi, where I think you're going uh, yes. like in a couple of days. Yes, so. I'm going there for Canada Canada Day weekend for my yes. first weekend as a as a my first Canada Day as a Canadian. But yes, it's funny we're kind of doing, we're following each other around. Yes, uh, yes. But yes, Miramichi. How was your time in Miramichi? Oh, yeah. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm from my mom is from that area, oh, and no so way. yeah. Nice. So I just played my first. Uh, my second show uh, in that area in quite a while. Yeah, nice. Where yeah. did you do it? Rogersville. Have you oh, have you beautiful. seen that? Oh, what a beautiful so. venue too! It's yeah. an outdoor pavilion. Oh. Really nice. Again, the maritime thing. Very nice people and yeah. just down to earth. And what a what a lovely time we had. Oh, so yeah. nice. Yeah, Murmansh. I mean, it, it's one of those things. Like I love. Uh, you know, I love. All of all of Canada, and I specifically obviously love all of the mountains. But Miramichi is, you know, does is just right there at the top. Like, there's no audiences like it. There's no people like it. And um, I probably had my most fun times ever in. Isn't in that Yeah, because yeah, I read that in your book, and uh, I was I was like, that's awesome. Miramichi's coming through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big time, big time. And and Adam Lorden, the mayor of Miramichi, is a very good friend of mine. And um, oh really? Uh, yeah, and um, it's, I mean, it's such a great. He directs actually the 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 TV show that I do Atlantic edition. And he's also directing a show. Where we're actually filming in Miramichi in August, which again, we haven't announced this yet properly, but it's a sitcom for bell five TV one about uh, a British comedian who is forced to move to a small town in New Brunswick. No way. <laughs> yeah. And uh, navigate his ways through and, um, and Adam's starring in and, and has written and is directing that. And um, again, wow. It's just an amazing thing, like like to have a, a young, cool, hip mayor. Yes. Um, that is the kind of move that you would expect from maybe L.A. You yeah. wouldn't think who are going to be the most forward thinking. Uh, just but by stereotype, people wouldn't generally think that of Miramichi's. But it goes to show that stereotypes are uh, BS because uh, they've got the <laughs> coolest, youngest, hippest mayor in the world. Uh, in the awesome. she, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he rips down in the camo on the on yeah. the bike, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what people would think yeah that's awesome i had no idea and and he's wearing a few hats it sounds like if he's yes. producing and, and wow yes. well yeah because he's, he's a i mean hugely renowned he's obviously from he's from miramichi but moved yeah. away yeah. and um and he was actually a director and producer of the marilyn dennis show in toronto for many oh, many years wow and uh, and then um, and moved home and became mayor and, and also owns a brewery. He also owns New Maritime Beer Company. Again, a perfect example of uh. the, the chameleon nature of a Maritimers where I was asked this today. Someone was saying like, you know, I, I can't remember what it, how it was. It was framed. But it was on Saturday night. And they kind of asked about like doing lots of things. And I feel like, you know, this is one of the only places in the world where you don't get pigeonholed where yes. like no one says to you, well, but you're a hockey trainer. You can't be a musician or you're a, I mean, to use an example, which was the first one I ever learned, which was my first week living here I, in 2014, I pulled over by, by a police officer because I didn't know what school zones were. I just hadn't learned. I wasn't being irresponsible. <laughs> I just didn't know that, that yeah. there was a rule in, in New Brunswick where, uh, if the kids are safely in school, you have to go under the you yeah, have to like go like 30. backwards, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't heard of this rule, um, yeah. and I got pulled over by a cop. And and then and then anyway, he was very nice. He didn't know what I did for a living, and but quite randomly and hilariously, said he let me off because he said you seem like a stand-up guy. Which oh, I there, okay. there you go. That's very nice. <laughs> but then that Saturday, I arrived uh, to do a wedding gig, and I'm told by the wedding organizer, an amazing woman by the name of Natasha, who is again one of the best wedding planners in the region she said we've got the top wedding dj here and i walk in and that the top wedding dj was the cop and no uh, yeah and, and, oh, and, and no, way. no one says you're the cop you're you're you're, you're the you're the uh, local deputy chief of police you can't also be uh, a wedding dj similarly here you can be a brewery owner a mayor and a tv director and no one questions yeah. it well it's kind of i think goes back to the roots for maritimes because it, it you had to do everything, right? Because it is a small town. So, you, yeah, that's well, it's, it's, that's exactly it. That's exactly yeah. it. it. It's that I think I think uh, this generation, or indeed, well, but every generation, have been taught by their parents and their grandparents that you do whatever it takes to make a living. Yes, and 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 that might be you know you might be a, a you know a teacher by day and doing a night shift in a in a in a post office. You might be whatever it is. Yep. You do whatever it takes, and I think that maritime work ethic is something that I I love so much about this place and the community base. So even something like a fire hall, 
Yes. There's no fire department per se. It's a volunteer fire department, right? So, exactly. Yeah. 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 But they take true. big pride in it. They're firemen. They do. That's exactly <laughs> it. Hey, yeah. It, actually, uh, Jonathan Tynes has a sitcom about that on Belfast. Oh, really? Everyone. Yeah. Oh. Called, uh, vo- called Volleys. And, oh, no um, way. Yeah. It's exactly what you just described. It's filmed and set in like Truro. Oh and it, man! And yeah, it's hilarious. It's yeah, that's it's exactly that. It's like the people that are very proud. They've never never been near a fire, but 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 are very very proud. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true in some places, and for the Air Force actually. Yes, yes, that's <laughs> So you you got real busy when you got here. I mean, geez, you got a podcast. You did a. I mean, I want to get into Harbor Station as well. I watched your show. You're oh, uh, on you. on Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's awesome. I was uh, I love comedy, and uh, so I, I was grew up more on like uh, Eddie Murphy and uh, Bill Cosby, and yes. uh, you know, <laughs> he's got great stuff. He's still he a man. It was- and and, and that's the thing is that I mean, not that we would pay money to see him now we are allowed to still acknowledge that we liked oh, that comedy then like it it's genius. yeah yeah it was yeah. genius and and again you know the fact that it was it was it was clean but yes. yeah obviously i mean what was going on backstage wasn't clear <laughs> but uh or legal or morally acceptable but, yeah that's uh, right but, but what was happening on stage was wonderful yeah that's right there's the facade oh, yeah, well yeah. there's the disney stuff yeah that's it. <laughs> yeah this that's probably happens yeah anyway <laughs> <laughs> so I wa- but I watched yours and, and I thought that was just outstanding. I, I had a few laugh out loud moments through that, and it, maybe you. it was because of the connected too a little bit with the Maritimes. But man, I, congrats! That's so oh, awesome. Thank you how so did much. You, yeah, how did you come up with the idea to sell out? Like that—that's a huge goal. I mean, as a musician, I'm looking at it and going, "How? How? How do you do that?" Well, I mean, I mean, it's an excellent question, and I can't take credit for the. Idea. It was it was the idea of uh, a gentleman by the name of Lachlan O, who was the director of a, a CBC documentary that I was making with a yeah. production company here in St John called Hemmings House, and it was about um, essentially what see, what they'd been commissioned to create was a documentary about St John and about how St John was in, was was improving as a city, and this was in 2016. So. Obviously, I mean, a lot has happened since then. And actually, the, the predictions that were made in the documentary have kind of proven true uh, in the years since. But we kind of sat down to have a meeting and, and to, to figure out how to give this documentary a narrative and a journey that wasn't just, here's a documentary about uh, this city, St. John, where a newcomer uh, who's moved here and really likes the place um, meets people. But how do we make people watch it who... yeah have no connection to St. John. Like that sounds interesting. If you're a maritime, it might, might sound interesting. Oh, this comedian's moved to, moved to St. John and, 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 and likes it and is going to speak to urban planners and local people um, and, and other newcomers. But, but how do you make someone in England or America watch it? So we thought, well, let's give it a, a plot. And it was Lachlan's idea. He said, why don't you try and sell out Harbour Station Arena at the time, Man. New Brunswick's biggest indoor venue. And, um, um, and I mean, the, the remarkable thing was he had this idea, I would say in about October, November 2015, and we knew we had to do this by April. So, oh, man. Yeah. It, so, I mean, so I, 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 subsequently I have played up the station again, but it, when yes. I did it again, I had a, had a year to do it. I announced it a year to the day before. So I had it. And, and this is the thing. I mean, so to answer the question, I guess, how did I do it? I mean, both times it was the same, which was uh, u- utilizing and benefiting from the incredible s- support of locals and the way yeah. in which they are to uh, one of their own. And indeed, especially to newcomers. And um, so um, an example was when, when I did it the first time and the whole joke was the, you know, how do we break Jerry Seinfeld's venue record? And, yeah. and, and we did it, but, and, and very graciously Seinfeld's publicist kind of wrote to me afterwards to say, you know, congratulations for me and Jerry, how did you do it? And I said, well, put it this way. Did you have Jerry on the ground in St. John handing out flyers at every, <laughs> every fire hall, every, every yard sale, every, you know, every time my wife sent me to the, to, she was like, take the kids to the park. I would take flyers with me hand them out and and so basically i mean I, i've done a lot of fringe festivals in my life and as most yeah. people know a fringe festival you know a, a performer of of any show of any capacity they arrive 
and your job is to make as many people as possible aware of the show and that could be you spend 10 hours a day flyering every bar you go to you chat up the bartender you chat up other people they're saying hey i've got a show in town i I basically realized when i moved to the maritimes that because there wasn't a built-in system and industry and circuit as such i had to treat my entire life like a fringe so um and to this day that is still how i how i do it i mean i have this show on saturday night in miramichi um I'm lucky enough that I can put a show on sale and announce it on social media and maybe sell 100 tickets. But how do I sell the, the extra 200 to get it up to 300? And it's by literally sitting here, going through the, the, these, these contact books and, and going, okay, who do I know? I'm a machine writing people going, hey, do you know I've got a show? Can the venue drop off some posters at your shop or work of play, or workplace? And um, and so that's how we did it. It was a, it was a complete uh, grassroots thing. Um, contacting local sponsors because again I mean and when you do a thing like this there's always going to be the 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 naysayers or or Mm -hmm. what how I I like to call them dicks on social media (laughs) Uh, uh, you know the people going on there and and kind of going you know going ah but you know Jerry Seinfeld's tickets were three times more expensive or you know you gave lots of your tickets away blah 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 and it's like yes uh, well done yes indeed Jerry Seinfeld is more successful as me well done for pointing that out hold yeah. the front page like this is all just a bit of fun like gee, like and, and and then yes you know if you want to punish me because i gave you know however many hundred tickets to a local charity for their benefactors and people that, that could benefit or indeed for so they could sell but yeah yes fine <laughs> to, you know uh to tie me to guilty. that yes yeah. guilty as charged <laughs> yeah. you know and um and and at no point am i trying to lay claim to being you know i'm not saying i outsell Seinbahn. I'm saying once we did this once as a little bit of fun. Um, and, uh, and again, other um, techniques we used were, for example, and again, I believe these are techniques used by promoters, but I don't know. I mean, again, I'm a, I'm a one man band. Um, we were, uh, we went to local sponsors and said, you know, would you, would you like to invest X amount of dollars to help pay for the production? Okay. And in exchange, we'll give you 500 tickets, which of course they then get to distribute, which yeah. of course, like I say, then leads people to kind of go, Oh, all the tickets, everyone I know got a free ticket. And it's like, well, yes, you did. And you're welcome. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Well, it's still, and it's, there was still a cost. There was a cost. Right. That's it. Yeah. And that's what people didn't realize is that, yeah, when a sponsor was kind of handing out lots of tickets, the feeling is, but yeah, so, um, it was, a, it was a an amazing experience and I, I love the so fact great. it was documented for the documentary and um and, and I'm really really proud of that of, of both the documentary plus the stand-up special that that came from it and and really it just felt it was a really lovely moment in the city where I mean do you know what the greatest feeling was the greatest feeling was uh getting emails the, the day after the show from local businesses like it, I loved obviously hearing from people saying I, I enjoyed the show yeah but what meant more was the local businesses writing and saying we haven't been our, our restaurant or hotel hasn't yes. been full in years or ever and last night and and that was the thing every single restaurant and hotel in town was full on that's so great. and that's what that was yeah, the real thing. yeah. you have like regardless of and two points on that yeah you can give away a ticket mm. but you can't make them come and they that's- came and that's big. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you. Yeah. And 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 that's that's exactly how, how I see it. I mean, I mean, to my mind, you know, I've never sought to be uh, rich or well. I mean, to me, like like the like I do. Six, six, well, well, yeah. Well, again, yeah. I mean, I mean, my. I mean, I guess, I guess it's that thing where my dream is always to to be to to have been to perform. And like when I when I put on a show, yeah. you know the 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 aim with the show is always like have the best possible night and and for me to the best possible night the audience have the best possible night and you know um a lot of performers obviously live for a wealth that has never been uh my goal or aim and uh and, and in a case like this it's just it was just a, a beautiful thing just to be up, up on that stage and and you know letting um you know yeah, I'll let the Seinfelds of the world make all the money, and I'll just uh, do my live my dream of, of performing stand up and and make oh, people doing laugh. So uh, great, uh, you're, and you're humble. So on that well, point too, <laughs> yeah. And uh, well, I'll tell you that that part as well that I've noticed, and and maybe I'm I'm hope I'm not missing my guess, but uh, it seems to me you're very uh, community minded, and that that like the the ability to help people and with your talent and with your 
profession. That's just outstanding. Like that, and the the willingness to do it is another thing, right? And so, uh, thank you, well, number one, no, for, no, well, for doing that for the region. But that's, no, that's uh, very kind. I mean, it's very kind yeah. to say. It. And I, I mean, I, do, I have to say, I don't think I do any more than most people. I think, like, I think when I got here, I realized that this was something that all maritimers do. I mean, it's the secret weapon I feel like we have here. Like, I mean, I'm often accused of people for like sugarcoating the Atlantic Canadian experience because I like to promote positive things in my magazine or my shows. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I'm of course fully aware of, of the issues we have here. And yeah. there are outlets for uh, reporting that. They are called newspapers. They are called <laughs> CBC. Like yeah. there are outlets for that. Like it isn't, I'm not a politician. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 it's not my job. And, and it's interesting when people kind of say, you know, oh, he, uh, he, 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 he glosses over the problems. Well, well, well I mean, n- no, I don't fully aware of them. I, I, the way in which I don't gloss over them is by volunteering my time at a food bank or doing fundraisers or, 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 yeah. or trying to, trying to actually help. There's no point in me coming up on stage at a stand up comedy show and going, you know, hey, you've got a lot of problems around here and here's what's wrong. But, you know, the, people come out to laugh. Like they, they know about the problems because they read the newspaper who's, yeah. and, and listen to CBC whose job it is to do this. Uh, and um, But what I love to hear is the secret weapon of the people. And an example is, I mean, when I remember when I was working at the, uh, at a food bank back in the UK and there was the shelves were empty and, and I would post uh-huh. on social media and no one would respond. No one would. And we all thought in England that we were too busy to, for these things. And I come here and everyone helps. And there was an instance where the f- shelves at the food bank in St. John, well, specifically the children's cereal shelf was empty oh. and Barry Ogden, a local um, kind of, you know, a campaigner and, and just generally kind person, uh, posted on Facebook. Anyway, the, I happened to be there the following week, and there was a just lineups around the block of of St. Johns coming out on their lunch break, using their own money to buy cereal to, to bring. And and so those are the things that I feel like that I. So anything I've done here, it's really just me kind of mirroring what people here have always done and, and mm-hmm. already did. And and just and and really also having the time like suddenly, uh, you know I mean I the complaint or the thing that I excuse I used in England for not doing more than I did was you know being too busy and most Londoners do and British people do nothing based on that fact and hmm. and, and and it's not true that you can always find time. However, when you are sat in traffic for six hours a day, it does definitely oh, limit man. your uh, ability to do stuff. So part of it is being freer here to have the time to do it. And, and that's a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everybody's got the, you know, the same clock on their on the watch on their yeah. wrist, I guess, whether you're there or here, do you find the same, have you, you've traveled obviously across Canada, I've noticed. So do you find the same, I, I've lived everywhere in Canada. My, my dad was military and, right. and I, moved to every province except Quebec. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, I did a whole bunch. You already mentioned the hockey stuff. I did that. I lived in Quebec from a bus window. So yeah, for sure. Yes. You must have (laughs) been. Yeah. How many years were you on the road with, with the hockey for? Ooh, five, I think from Cape Breton. And yeah, I did a intense. Yeah. 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 But yeah, but it's, it it was fun. You know, it was a good time. Actually in Sydney just recently uh, was the first time I was back in that building for, Mm. oh gosh it must be 15 years wow how does that feel that must crazy yeah yeah i got to show my kids where i worked and down Uh the hallways and stuff like that so yeah it's kind of cool beautiful but did you notice do you notice uh that same willingness to jump in or is it a little more busy i guess you could say as you as you move west i I mean it's a good question i think i think that and there is an inherent kindness uh, across the country like the canadian stereotype mm-hmm. of, of friendliness is true and it's so such a bizarre thing to me that the second biggest country in the world can feel so much like a small village sometimes yes. and and you know and especially just look at the gulf of difference look at what the biggest country in the world is doing right now and then you look at what the second biggest country in the world is is doing and it's just such a a, a, a you know a world of difference That's and crazy. Yeah. And I mean, I definitely felt like the Maritimes felt like a small town when I moved here, but now I've subsequently realized that, I mean, because because of the vast landmass, but relatively low population across the country, it is amazing how you, I mean, I I was doing a show in, in late country BC, uh, 
end of last year and was making jokes about Sussex New Brunswick and literally got back on the Sunday night Monday morning I'm at the YMCA swimming and a woman in the lane next to me she suddenly sees me and she goes I've got a bone to pick with you what have you been saying about my beloved Sussex my sister was at your show in Lake Country last week right and I thought wow you really cannot get away with anything and um and, and it does happen a lot yeah and I bump into people all the time like I mean I'm walking out of you know you're walking down the street in Toronto, the amount of people will go, Hey, it's J- Hey James. Yeah. We're, we're from St. John. And, um, yeah. so I, I do feel across the country, um, possibly in bigger cities. Yeah. Maybe there's less of that community spirit. And it's definitely, it's definitely a, 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 an Atlantic Canadian thing. But I mean, I think there is that, that kindness across the country. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would agree. I, I mean, I lived in, uh, like I said, numerous places and the culture, uh, I guess the community culture is a little, it's different in each spot, but there is, you know, if your car is stuck on the road, like you guys did in uh, one show in Miramichi, I think it was. (laughs) (laughs) You get in and and push the the car. Yes, I did. I like it. it. Some people say they've read it. and then No. (laughs) Yeah, I thought it was awesome. It was outstanding. Actually, and uh, I'd like to share it, but I I got one of the signed versions. So there you go. So thanks for doing that as well. Oh, no, thank you. I appreciate that. One one thing I wanted to circle back on the the community stuff. you you're heavily involved in outreach uh with uh and I don't want to screw it up so I'm going to say KV yes. something valley <laughs> yes yes so it was the um yeah. and and I think at the time it was called KV outreach and again I mean I, I and and it, I think it's a lot changed and I I don't do those fundraisers for them in, anymore but I mean I I do need to do more work for them but it's um Kenneber Cases Valley uh, domestic violence outreach uh, but at the time it was just uh just known as KV outreach when I was uh, when I was doing those fundraisers for them yeah yeah, and that well, that chapter really stuck out for me. That was one where I was like, "That that's so great." He's taking a an opportunity, a forum, to actually address an issue like that. And uh, I earmarked it. I was like, "This this is outstanding." So, oh, yeah. and you've done a number of things for domestic violence in the past as well. It said in there, and yeah, I, yeah, want to explore that at all? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, and so I did it a lot back in the U- UK as well. And it, it was interesting that the process of writing the book and trying to obviously figure out what to include what 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 not to include and mm. there's an obvious you know there's when a book there's a, a book by a comedian people obviously pick it up expecting it's it better to be, be funny yeah it's better <laughs> be funny it better be comedic and um and then it was it was interesting because goose lane the the, the publisher who were just a dream to work with but they kind of said they'd said you know just start writing and of course um there's so much to think about in your life and there's there's so many stories and and you kind of think well what do people want to know about and really what I decided that the focus should be is my journey to Atlantic Canada like how Mm. did I how did I fall in love with this place so that's why even though I I didn't gloss over my childhood but I didn't want to have like you know 150 pages about my childhood what I wanted to do was focus on the parts of my childhood that led to me falling in love with this sense of community that you've all created in this region and Mm -hmm. that's why for childhood it's you know like my hate my for example so my i think my passion for you know um prevention of and raising funds you know and and all the rest of it regarding domestic violence is my comes from my childhood hatred of bullies and i just and i just hate bullies of any capacity whether that be you know um in the home uh, yep. in politics, on stage, um, yep. I, I, racists. Like, I just hate all, I hate all, all bullies. Yep. And um, so I think my the reason that it was important for me to include the stories about my childhood was I kind of thought, well, that leads into coming to a place where kindness is the the overriding uh, thing that 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 you that everyone has here, especially to newcomers. And again, I mean, an example is the you know, the year that I moved uh, to Canada in twenty fourteen was the year that British politicians were kind of trying to you know get votes by telling uh, the public that they wouldn't allow any Syrian refugees into the country. And then I come to this oh, country, really? yeah, yeah, just the whole, wow. I mean, the rhetoric in 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 England is just so hate filled, and you know, Brexit was basically born out of this desire by you know far right wing uh, people mm-hmm. to you know just hate just stop immigration i mean it's it, yeah and then you look at what happened in america with trump and um <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, you know, and 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 so all all of those things. things so then moved to a, a country where in Canada, you know, the overriding I mean, and some politicians were getting votes by saying we would welcome Syrian refugees. Not just doing that, actually, you know, seeing the prime minister at the airport welcoming them, hugging them, and then you look at the journey of people like Tarek Haddad and the Haddad family and the piece by chocolate mm-hmm. uh, story. Yeah, it, it's just such a beautiful thing, and that, and that to me is is everything about this place and specifically this region. So. Uh, the domestic violence chapter, which again, I, for me, it was important because it obviously it was a, a an obvious knock on effect of my hatred of bullies. It was also this way in which it was the first time I kind of I moved here and knew I wanted to do something like that. Saw those signs. It was also important because I it was the first time I kind of found a community. Because I mean, the weird thing when you move to a place like this is everyone's extremely welcoming and, mm. and kind. But they do already have their groups of friends set yes. and fixed, yeah. and and because people often don't move away, or or indeed people at the back, certainly back then, it's, it's, it's changed obviously thanks to COVID. But not many people move here either. Um, yes. Everyone has their 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 set groups. So not that I felt kind of uh, alone. It, it's a strange thing when you leave all your friends and your family behind and you move to a place and everyone's got their little cliques already set. Yeah. And so I kind of found this kind of group of kind of like-minded people that, that wanted to uh, raise funds for, for organizations that needed it. So that's why it was kind of an important thing to include. And, and there was definitely a moment of kind of reading the book and going, okay, so some of these chapters are kind of all out just funny or they're in there because you know i mean a a chapter on my vasectomy is only there because (laughs) it's funny like the world didn't need to know (laughs) in graphic detail about my vasectomy but 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 i I thought it would be funny so i put it in there it certainly was um and i think partly why i thought it was okay Uh i think one of the things you learn especially when you're doing uh a fundraiser gigs is it it can often be an it, a, it it can often be a concern that it might be jarring that you might have someone speaking telling their story in a very emotional way, whatever the uh, fundraiser is for or whatever the event is, you have yeah. someone speaking about their journey and whether it's whether it's you know cancer or or, or, or domestic violence or whatever they, they're talking about, and then you come up as a comedian and you then have to acknowledge it, say your personal reasons for being there but then segue into dick jokes and it's like yeah you know, how do you <laughs> it must be difficult yeah yeah well yeah, that's it yeah. yeah and i think um and you learn how to do it and but and so it was it was kind of through doing that and it and it does and it can and it does work you know people yeah. can audiences can sit there and, and and take something seriously they're there they've already put their money where their mouth is their 25 dollars ticket is going directly to the charity they want to but they also do want to laugh there's no, mm-hmm. you know, um, we don't have to keep the, it's so, uh, th- th- I think doing those shows kind of helped me when writing the book and kind of going, okay, I can have a chapter where there's no jokes and it's yeah. just something serious. But I, I appreciate you saying that, mate. Thank you. Yeah, no, it, it really stood. And, and it actually, you just touched on, I think, a, another maritime quality, which would be resilience, I think right. is this. Totally. Yeah. Which totally. Uh, things are hard. Yeah. They recognize they're hard, but. Okay, time to laugh or time to have a drink is normally yeah, like, yeah, that's it, that's <laughs> a kitchen it. party. Totally, yeah, yeah. no, yeah. There's, there's there's a time and a place for for everything, and, and I guess also the other crucial reason why that not that I like I don't ever respond I don't ever respond to criticism in any way or or, or you know, um, but I think that if I am doing a book that is a, is basically factual or be mm-hmm. it comedic and celebratory <laughs> you know it is worth pointing out especially because i mean i mean and the, the statistic that i use is is that uh, this region that, that i live in and specifically the kennebecasis valley um is on pay is officially the safest community in all of canada which uh ah, is, okay. is something to be celebrated and and be proud of and our local uh a police force are amazing and of course there's there's this misnomer here of like oh well you're the kind of cases valley police you can't have much to do and it's like well they do yeah. it's just that they are very good at for example prevention and outreach and and um and for example because 
they don't have to and, and granted i mean there's you know but people will often one thing that if you work for like the boston pd like you do not have time <laughs> yeah. to to be reaching out to like a teenager who's maybe showing some signs of criminality right yes like, yeah. like, like you know it's like okay i'll get to that once i've solved these thousand murders <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know it's like it's like this, yeah. there was, there's a child that that, that just shoplifted last week. Would you, you know, would you mind having a word with them? Oh yeah, but once yeah. I've solved these these murders, I'll be right there. Um, now, so granted, it's a chicken and egg thing, but but it's an yeah. amazing thing that these police officers do in this in this area because they they are able to to to, to do outreach. So anyway, so a point being that that is a fact, but what is also a fact is that we do have a disproportionately high amount of domestic violence because for whatever reason, those things aren't talked about here. So that's kind of why I felt it was important. To, I think to it was that. awesome. It was definitely a, a great thing to put in, in the book. I just, uh, it, it, like I said, resonated that you would actually do that. And that was just, that was nice. Well, thank you. Um, when you, when you a little bit on the book and more probably in comedy itself, you, multiple times mentioned bombing like, yes. like and not in a terrorist kind of way <laughs> yes. everyone is here yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. my life as a terrorist <laughs> just when you thought the comedian's book couldn't get more depressing <laughs> domestic violence and my my background as <laughs> as, a, as a solo bobber yeah. yeah so failure i guess is what a better uh yes. term for everybody out there but uh you, you go into it and and it and just outright say it's a something that's going to happen you accept it um and what have you learned through bombing or failure on the stage Mm. like what is it that you talk about resilience i mean you must have to have it to get back up yeah i guess so i mean i i think what i i mean there's a cliche that people use in comedy which which is so true which is you learn more from a bad gig than you do from a good gig and and so once you kind of realize that that when you have a bad one you kind of go okay well, this is going to improve me as a comic. That's definitely a way to get over it. There are times when you have a run of bad ones. I mean, I have, I've had situations where I don't remember one uh, period in, in around June 2019 where I had a, about four or five bad corporates in a row, which, yeah. again, you shouldn't beat yourself up necessarily about because corporates are notoriously difficult. And, and yeah. generally I'm quite, you know, lucky with how they go. But I was really, it was really, uh, I literally thought I've lost it. I can't, I, you know, I, I can't do this anymore. And I had all but kind of said, I'm not going to pursue more bookings. And then oh, wow. did, um, turned up to do one for a thousand nurses at the Richard Curry Center in UMB. It was Nurses Week. And again, turn up, you know, six hours before the show for sound check. And then, of course, I, you've got six hours to sit around thinking this is going to be terrible. And these nurses are heroes. Yeah. And you're going you're to ruin their night. How dare you think that you can be a comedian, you piece of shit? These are the voices in my head that I have all oh, the time. No. Yeah, this is, uh, this is what but they, they, that, they call it 448 psychosis when you wake up, but, you know, because 448 in the morning is when the brain is at its lowest ebb. That's the oh, time, time okay, I wake cool. up. But every morning and the voices in my head are just reminding me of what of every single death and bombing I've ever had. And, uh, and then so uh, long story short, I mean, this, so I spent all these hours panicking and then was all but basically had stopped pursuing further bookings and then somehow the show went remarkably well and uh and at the end of the show a thousand nurses up on their feet standing ovation i thought oh my god only nurses could save the fragile ego <laughs> of this pathetic <laughs> like these, these, these amazing men and women are just heroes uh yeah. or you know all year round and then they also have the kindness to kind of pull me out of my rut um but i but i think the reason i was so keen to i mean a or failing is obviously an important part of everyone's journey and life sure. and all the time. But partly why I wanted to highlight those things was one thing I really don't like in, like, I'm also aware of the fact that I'm the least known comedian on the comedy or memoir bookshelf in the bookstore. Like, hmm. you know, like if you go into the bookstore of all the comedians, I'm, I'm, I'm the only one that's basically unknown. I might, I might have a small but little following within this region, but, mm-hmm. um, and especially, you know, and I've n- never liked my surname, but, but right now I like it because it means I'm next to Rick Mercer on the bookshelf. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. it, wonderful. You know, it's great to see Mercer. Sure. And uh, so when I was writing it, one of the things that I've never, and I'm behind me is just hundreds, if not thousands of memoirs by uh, comedians and books by comedians. I mean, everything from like, like old Steve Martin books. I've just oh, got yeah. thousands of, but one of the things that I find about a lot of, 
recent comedian memoirs, especially British comedian memoirs, is they essentially become a list of achievements. It's just essentially like showing off. It's like, you know, and then yeah. I did this and I met this celebrity. And and I thought, well, and, and, and A, that's not interesting or funny. Um, what is funny is the disasters. And so I kind of quite, <laughs> so I kind of decided that as the least successful comedian on the bookshelf, rather than like, so for example, that, I mean, there's a chapter I write about this disastrous tour in 2018 where you know i bombed in front of five thousand people one night and then uh and then i had to do a gig via before zoom gigs was even a thing had to do it via facetime because because we missed a plane or or because a plane a flight got cancelled um now of that 60 date tour there were probably 45 wonderful uh barnstorming shows I'm not going to be the kind of dick that sits and writes about how he was awesome. Yeah, I, I was. Yeah, this was awesome. I was amazing. Uh, this, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I, I'm just going to yeah, tell you about the disasters yeah. because th- th- those are the ones that I learned from. And also, yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of quite detest uh, comedians that are that want a pat on the back for doing their job. Like, yes. I, 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 yeah. and I, I see this sometimes. But I'm not criticizing anyone else because it's not my place to do it. But when I Come, and I and I get I guess it's because I kind of used to be like this when I when I started out and I first started doing well and yeah. I would come off stage in a club and and I would you know maybe you know maybe it's a standing ovation whatever you come off and you'd walk over to the club owner or the promoter and you'd be basically fishing for compliments. Yeah. You'd be walking, How do I do? Yeah, yeah. You'd be walking <laughs> over going well. You kind of go there. You know that went that went all right then. Yeah. And you and you'd be looking for some validation, and of course you don't need the validation a because you just got it. But yeah. what I've realised and what I now live by is that getting a standing ovation and having the audience fall fall uh, fall apart laughing for an hour, an hour and a half, whatever. That's the job. That's literally yeah. what you are being paid to do. Don't expect no one else in that room is getting a pat on the back for doing their job. If you didn't have them falling around in fits of laughter, then you've wasted their time. They have yep. got babysitters, taxis, bought tickets. So no, no, you don't get a pat on the back for yeah. for just doing the thing you're supposed to be doing. Um, so similarly, me writing the words, you know, I, I, writing about doing well is essentially me saying, "Hey, everyone, uh, I did my job. I did the job I was supposed to do." No, I'm going to tell you about the times that I screwed up, <laughs> and uh, and there might be extenuating circumstances as to why, but but I'm not going to blame those circumstances. I'm just going to tell you what happened, and we're all going to laugh about it. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so great. How do you, how do you, do you, I'm interested to know anyway, the, on that end of it, has that changed your parenting at all? Like I teach my son a few things, my, my kids, not just one. How old are they? How old are your kids? So my oldest is in second year university. He's 19. And my, my daughter just graduated. Hooray for her. That's that's beautiful. Congrats. Well, you you (laughs) look extremely young to have uh, children. uh, Oh, two more. Yeah. Wow. You're amazing. Uh, Two sons there, 14 and 10. And so, yeah. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. I dye my beard. No. Yeah. (laughs) You look amazing. You have beautiful skin. You have beautiful skin. It's, uh, it's obviously uh, the good living. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's just being here. It's yeah, the water. It. Yeah, yeah. It's but it. yeah. So I mean, mm. I I I get to you know uh, talk about failure through music and failure in sport. I, I was involved in both of those and, mm. and still am. But how do you like? I would think when I look when I listen to a Sarah talking about it. I she said something that was kind of went wow yeah that's true you're up there with only a mic mm. and a light yeah. and pretty much that's it but as a musician if th- something doesn't you know the audience doesn't like it i still like the song i just did like you know what right. i mean I, right so you you have multiple opportunities to kind of crash and burn as as a solo just with a with a mic so how do you do you relay any lessons like that on your kids like what does it change your parenting it's a good question. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess the, the thing that I really ob- obviously try and teach them and probably over say is just how proud of them I am and just how, right. you know, obviously, you know, just trying at things is, is the thing I'm proud of. And so, I mean, I love the fact, and I wasn't overly sporty as a, as a child. I didn't play like I, I always, you know, and now I enjoy exercise, but I don't, I, I was, did, didn't do competitive sports. And, yeah. and, and, but I have them in, you know, lacrosse and hockey and soccer, and I love it. And I love going to watch, but, but, but them being 
amazing at it is absolutely not the priority just right. being there is the you know as as uh, as nancy reagan brilliantly describes you know turning up, up you know showing up, showing yeah, up yeah, and showing, showing up is the is the thing and so whenever um and I think for them, sometimes it's hard because I see some other parents be extremely competitive oh. and and be and be shouting, and then the kids becoming like that, or the kids being bribed with with cash or treats to yes. score goals, oh. and and it just seems so. Wrong, which and and so I sometimes have to kind of educate, say to my kids, like just being there, being there for your team. Like so, when they you know, if someone say I don't want to go go for this reason, it's like, well, you you are going because you are you are part of a team. You are not going to not be there. Right, yeah. you are. Uh, we're not pulling out because of this, that, and the other. I don't care if yeah. you've got COVID. Get on that. <laughs> <laughs> off on everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get the goalie's face. <laughs> yeah. Just only cough on the other team. <laughs> yeah. Only cough on the unvaccinated. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and, um, and so, um, if for anyone. Uh, of, of, of not understanding jokes who is listening at those words <laughs> just to be i would never do that i have to say oh. that now. Um, um isn't it crazy so i think that's one thing i teach them and yes definitely that um that failure is all part of it but so i think that's the thing i mean i i, I never put pressure on them to do anything other than sh- show up like and that's, yeah. that's the thing there's there's no um there's but the 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 that's beautiful that that point you made about what what Sarah had said and, and indeed you know what what Nancy says about this because it's it's a weird thing because when you're up there and it does go badly um as a stand up it's like because you are yourself up there it's essentially the audience saying we hate you right oh, and yeah. and um but then i guess the flip side to it and again like uh, with a with a uh, a, a painter can kind of say, "Well, you just don't like my painting." So it's not that it's not that you don't like me. I mean, I get. Although I get to say that, I mean, I guess the act is the act. Um, mm-hmm. and, and as you say, like a band kind of, kind of, kind of can um, can do it together. But then equally, like if a joke goes well every other night, then one night doesn't go well. You can at least go, "Well, I, I know it's not the, the joke's fine. It didn't yeah. land tonight. Maybe it's my fault how I delivered it. Maybe I." arched my eyebrows in a way that made them you know whatever it is i did something wrong like take the, or tech glitch yeah, or something, yeah, yeah. Or, something yeah. or or you stumble on words anything there's a reason um but yes it is a, it is a weird feeling with stand up where you basically have to accept yeah when you walk away and go wow yeah that's um that's on me but again the flip side is is when it goes well you get to take all the credit and i think that's the that's the thing is that really the thing with comedians is it's, it's kind of an egomania of like wanting uh willing i mean it really does take that's where it kind of does take such a weird twisted mind where it's like i am willing to put myself through all of those horrific uh disasters and failings and rooms full of people booing you off just to get to the point where the whole room is applauding you isn't that crazy yeah that that, it's a it's a crazy crazy thing and 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 it's you know it's ridiculous but i mean if if you're going to get addicted to a drug that's the one to get addicted to it, that's true. It, it, and I think it's very similar to music that way. Cause I mean, it's what on earth? Uh, Cause I do a lot of solo gigs too. Right. I'll do a lot of acoustic and um, what on earth drives someone to get up in front of people and do something like this, like it's yes. a comedy music that's speeches. It. Yeah. I don't know. I know it's, um, it's strange, especially when you, as, as people always point out, you know, when, when the people's number one fear, when you, when they did a yeah. survey, number one fear is public speaking or public <laughs> performance. Right. And number two is death. And, yes. uh, and you kind of go, wow, that's, um, and yet we've chosen this path. And most of us kind of are, in in many ways, we, we're not extroverts. We're, we're introverts. You know, I mean, yes. I, you know, I'm yep. not a, I'm not an extrovert in in real life. I mean, I I can put it on, but I'm not I'm not comfortable. Yeah. Um, and so it's a uh, it's a strange one. But yeah, it's um it's a beautiful thing. I think it's you know we're looking for a buzz, and some people you know ju- choose jumping out of planes. We, we, That's we, true. We choose we choose this. Yeah, it's probably similar. The yeah. similar feeling. I I also uh, I get you with the introvert thing, and and you asked uh, you know why just start this podcast, and one of the reasons that I never got to with with this was before uh, we started recording, but one of the reasons was uh, I didn't want to almost. You know right. I mean? So I made yeah. my, cause That's... it's, it, it's a little bit nerve wracking yeah, to yes. be, a, you know, talking to people that you don't know and, and you have to do a good job and you try to do a good job. And, and so it's, yeah. So putting yourself into those kind of positions, it's, that's that's exactly it that's that's yeah. it. That, that drive to kind of do something that challenges you and i agree i mean i you know 
do stand up for a living. I interview people for a living. But yet, when I started the podcast, I mean, I am any time we are coming on with anyone, whether they are hugely famous or you know an entrepreneur, or even if they've asked to be on the podcast, I, I yes. am I am nervous. Like the the hour before, you know, it is, um, yeah. and you're worried, and and it's that what you know, what if we don't gel? What if? Um, I guess kind of like all uh, public appearances when you're just always worried, like what if that switch doesn't click when you go into gear and we yes. end up actually just being the same person that we are at 4.48 a.m. And we're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you're on stage, do you, so you write all your own things. And I'm one of the things that I actually, probably one of these 4.48 deals last yes, night, yeah. I was thinking about this yeah. was, uh, I wonder if, uh, from a comedian's aspect, like songwriters, as a musician, I can write my own material or I can take somebody else's that I've, you know, that may not want to get up and sing. Right. In comedy, yeah. is there that aspect? Yeah, is no, there, like, I mean, comedy writers? I mean, I, I would say, yeah, I mean, I guess a lot of big names do use comedy writers. And I guess, I guess lots of people maybe collaborate with people. But yes, I mean, certainly. I believe, like the, the the likes of you know Kevin Hart and possibly even Amy Schumer, you know, big big name comedians do often use uh, teams of like minded people, especially when they're having to turn around like new specials and uh, yeah. every e- every year, and especially for their TV work. Um, hmm. um, it's not something I've ever done. I mean, if I you know, it's not something that I'm uh, against either. Um, yeah. As such, but what you yeah, but obviously what you can't do is ever just you know, uh, as you say, a musician if it's, if a gig's going cover somebody yeah yeah the gig is going badly it's like quickly i'll do journey don't stop believing and then everyone's going to be happy because you can't not be in a good mood when you hear that it's funny i i use that song actually at the end of tour shows often or i did for so long actually i've, I've stopped now because i did it for so long but i would end because i always think you know when a movie ends and yeah. you walk out of the cinema and, and, and the movie was shit but a really good music song comes on you're like ah it wasn't so bad so i always thought like it, it, even if i bomb as you're walking out of the theater if journey don't stop believing's on you can't go wow yeah you can you might you know the audience might go well, that was show was terrible but it wasn't a wasted night <laughs> we you know, got a good tune, got a good tune yeah and um <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, but what you can't do in stand up, obviously, uh, is if if your material is going badly, you can't suddenly go. Uh, well, here's an old joke of George Carlin's. I mean, I mean, yeah. some people, I mean, have famously done this and got caught, and and it's been uh, rightly career ruining. Um, yes. The other weird thing with diff, the one a weird difference between music and and comedy is how obviously in comedy you are constantly having to turn over new material like the audience wants your new stuff when they go and yes. see uh chris rock or amy Schumer, whoever it is uh the following year they want to see a whole new show and That's yeah right. uh with uh successful musicians of that caliber yeah it, people just want to hear the old stuff so it's so it's so it's a funny thing that the rolling stones they're playing songs from 40 years ago and everyone <laughs> wants to hear them but the second the stones say here's one from our new album everyone pisses Goes off to the bar break. yeah exactly yeah. Like, <laughs> drink, whereas you know uh yeah. when you know whereas the comedian's the opposite if, if, if a comedian who you go and see every year suddenly says right here's an old routine whatever yeah. you know so it's a it's a it's a that's funny yeah. yeah i never thought of that yeah yeah no one wants to hear the stones is new stuff but yeah, that's true and but equally no one wants to hear a comedian's uh old stuff so yeah it's other a, other yeah. than other artists probably it, would it, be oh no i want to hear that yeah that's true yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's yeah, funny yeah. I, and i'd probably be the guy that would actually go yeah i'd love to hear the old skit too because right <laughs> well and, and and that's the that that is often the the tricky thing is trying to get that balance right where because the theory is you've got to turn over new stuff all the time. And then there's a story apparently where Seinfeld said to Amy Schumer once, he said, the problem with you young comics is you all think everyone remembers your shit. He's like, how arrogant are you that you think everyone remembers your material? He's like, just do the best show. Like, and he obviously turns over new stuff, but he's doesn't worry if he's been to a city three years later, maybe one of the, you know, one of the routines might be the same. He's like, I'm just going to do the best show. I mean, so there's an element of truth to that. And again, I mean, I'm living in a small place where I, where I benefit from the kindness of people coming to see me in some cases, two or three times a year, I have to be turning over new material all the time. Um, and I have had people come up to me in the past. Uh, I remember once a woman coming up to me at the Algonquin Resort and saying, 
uh, can I ask you a question? When when do you write new material? Because uh, I've been to see you three times and it was the exact oh. same show. And I went, oh, well, when did you come and see me? And she was like, last week, last month and tonight. I'm <laughs> oh, like, okay, oh give me a break. <laughs> like, I said, oh. I said, look, look come, I said, if you come and see me once a year, which is fair, you will see a new, new show material. but don't come and see me twice in a month and wonder why uh, yeah that was mad oh, and, um, but so it's it, it's a fascinating thing you're trying to turn over um and equally there's the tricky thing where sometimes are you know i have jokes that i'm you know i wouldn't say known for known for in the maritime the jokes about where things used to be yes yeah and, those and, are great and, well thanks and like homemade wine um but i don't do those jokes on stage anymore um, I might reference them in other jokes, but I don't sure. do them. Um, but then equally, I would have people, I'm not sure Saturday night after Miramichi show, someone's going to come up to me and go, oh, I bought my friend because I wanted you to do the homemade uh, wine the joke. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and because uh, she makes homemade wine. And so it, it's it's a balancing act. It's like, and, and I, I could not bring out the homemade wine routine on stage with with clear conscience but wow. yeah i get asked all the time by people to do it but i can't do it based on the, the other few hundred in there thinking oh god is he still flogging that dead horse <laughs> well i tell you i'd i'd uh i know we're on a bit of a time budget here yeah. today so I, i'd want to we've just touched on it. i wish we could keep going for another yeah. hour here but um <laughs> it's coming to a close so uh what is there any uh thing you want to announce here before we Good. Move to the final question. Good question. Um, anything I would like to announce? What's, I mean, what's ju- upcoming? Or? Well, 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 just, I mean, A, this has been an absolute joy. It's been a, a joy oh, getting, thanks, getting to know you. It really, really has. And, uh, and you know, your podcast is amazing, Jason. And I, I, I think the concept's great. I think you're great. Um, you, I can't wait. So um, maybe in a, and again, you're right, I could keep talking. So maybe in like <laughs> a month or six months, someone will suggest me again. And, yes, uh, and we can we'll pick up where we left off. It's Exactly. Yeah, exactly. We'll do it again. But it's always nice to leave leave the audience and us wanting more. True, Uh, true. So it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Okay, well, let's move to the final one then. James, who should I be talking to? I tell you who you should be talking to. Uh, I mentioned him in my book, uh, one of uh, Canada's finest comedians. One of the comedians who... I believe is uh, doing the most exciting work. Uh, someone who uh, way before I got here was proving that you can be a professional comedian in Atlantic Canada. He's a good friend of Sarah. He's a good friend of mine. I, I, I say in the book, again, a lot of comedians uh, like to book opening acts that won't do as well as them so to make yes. them look better. I pick opening acts better than me so that I'm wow. forced to work harder uh, and, and I don't mind being shown up by them. And I say it in the book because he, he, he blew me off the stage a few times. Uh, he blew me off the stage. He didn't blow me off stage. Uh, but yeah, that, how how do you think he got the gig? <laughs> so, so uh, without further ado, without further ado, and please don't tell me uh, that you've had him before because then I'm going to look like an idiot. No, Mr. Travis Lindsay. Oh, that's awesome! Uh, no, I do recognize his name from the book, yes, and, I, and uh, I haven't. He, he, he's, he's he's amazing. He's hilarious. He'll make a wonderful guest. He's got huge insightful things to say uh, about um, uh, everything from stand-up comedy, life in the Maritimes, politics, uh, you name it. He's uh, oh. an intelligent man, a brilliant man, a kind man. And um, and like I say, someone who is, um, again, you know, been a, and also one of, like Seth Rogen, started doing comedy at like 16, maybe even wow. younger. Um and uh, and has just toiled away, worked his backside off, and is now doing you know, like just for laughs. He's on Rick Mercer's new uh, TV show, um, and and he's done all of this uh, while staying faithful to Lower Sackville, New Brunswick, uh, no, Lower oh, Sackville, so Nova awesome. Scotia. Sorry, so that's I oh, get, wow. I, 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 sorry, it rolls, the, rolls off the tongue because of the stupidity <laughs> of having a Sackville in Nova Scotia in, and, and in New Brunswick. Anyway, he's in Lower Sackville, uh, Nova Scotia. And he's uh, he's a wonderful man, and you're gonna have a lot of fun with him. Well, thank you so much, and, uh, and I'll do I the, know you got to yeah, uh-huh. I'll, and I'll do the email intro. Uh, oh, perfect! Today, That's so great. Of you. Yeah, but, I know you got to take off. So if you're if you're passing by Sobeys, I think I left my belt there. Uh, you, can, <laughs> <laughs> you can maybe pick that up for me. Beautiful, I will do, Jason. <laughs> you're a wonderful man, my friend. Okay, thank you, James. This was awesome. Thank you, brother. Take, <laughs> take care. care. Cheers. <laughs> wow, that was. An outstanding conversation. I just, uh, uh, I wish we had a lot more time. I, we got into 
obviously a lot of things there, but we we miss so much. So um, you need to pick up his book, Brit Happens. Uh, there's a number of references throughout the podcast that if you like the vasectomy bit, um, which is hilarious, by the way, you need to you need to pick up this book. It's it's well worth it. And uh Things we didn't get to talk about uh, that you should investigate is uh, his Maritime Edit magazine. That is something that uh, promotes a lot of things that are going on in the Maritimes. The fact that he worked for GQ and we we didn't get into maybe, you know, him interviewing Tom Cruise and those sorts of people. And and some of that was intentional. Just uh, I really wanted to get to know James for James, not for the things that he did. And I think we did that. I think we succeeded. So thanks again, James, for coming on the show. Uh, it was truly a pleasure, and I hope we can stay in touch. Um, huge thanks as well for uh, the referral. So the next guest from James Mel- Mollinger is uh, Travis Lindsay. So, Travis, looking forward to connecting. We'll be uh, reaching out soon. And uh, if you do want to know what the belt reference was, uh, you're going to have to watch his Amazon special. Until the next time, my name's Jason Price, and we are finding out who I should be talking to. Please. Oh. Honey?